You know, it's a good thing when, when you find yourself in a season where where the Spirit of God is like a breath of fresh air. Can you, can you remember what that's like if you've been in the inner city of Houston for very long? It's been a while since you've had a real breath of fresh air. Um, but you know, Houston is better than most places. I, I read an article this week that was interesting as I kind of want to put in your mind the idea of a, of a fresh spirit, fresh air kind of in your lungs. Um, I, I read an article where this uh, Chinese artist sold a jar of air uh, from France, from a place from, from province France, for $860. So it's an interesting kind of an article, and, and what this artist says is, air should be the most valueless commodity, free to breathe for any vagrant or beggar. And her art piece was to question China's foul air and express her dissatisfaction. She's dead, by the way, now. Um, she's getting for questioning China. Yeah, okay, never mind. Um, and, and so she sold this jar of air for $860. $860. Can you imagine paying that for fresh air? Well, we wouldn't. Most people in this room have enough sense to not spend that kind of money on something like physical air. But you know, it's very valuable when the Spirit of God is working in a fresh, new way, isn't it? Can you think of a time in your own life where you sense the presence of the Lord more than others? Um, in February, as we were leading into our first vision dinner of this year, uh, I remember calling you all to a season of prayer and fasting. And many of you pray regularly, but this particular season felt really important as we're thinking about our direction as a church, and we're in a critical kind of a season, a critical kind of a year as we think about what God wants us to do in the city. Uh, many of you prayed, some of you fasted, and I believe that this is the reason that God has chosen to bless and is bringing new people to our congregation that we get to minister to and share the gospel with. At our dinner, I shared with you that we were looking to extend our reach and get into the, near, get into the neighborhood. And, uh, and, and that is still the case. And I think you've probably heard by now that we are going to be moving our Sunday gathering to a location in the neighborhood, in the physical near town area. Now, uh, for some of you that really like change and your movers and shakers, that's completely like, oh cool, this will be fun. Others of you may be a little uneasy about this because you're used to coming here and finding your parking spot and making your way to the second floor, dropping your kids where you drop them. And uh, so you're used to it. So maybe the change makes you a little uneasy. But uh, So I want to give kind of adequate time for us all to move in this way together. Um, now, you, you want to know, when are we going to move? It's going to be sometime this summer. We're still working out some of the details, and I'll tell you that as soon as I know. But I want you to think about this, this statement. This is an incredible opportunity to invite busy people to experience the peace of life with Jesus Christ. This has been our mission from day one, and it continues to be our mission in the city. We're not drifting from that mission at all. Now, it's a wonderful opportunity, but it is also going to be challenging, and uh, it's going to be challenging for a few reasons. Uh, would, you, would you shout out, can you think of a reason that moving our Sunday gathering location would be a challenge? Can, you, can anybody think of a reason? Yeah, communication. 
that is a real challenge, right? Okay, well, why else might it be challenging for us as a church? Logistics. Sorry? Logistics. Yeah, the logistics of it. Um, yeah? And uh, we're a small church, right? We're, we're, we're a young church. We still have, we have quite a few people that are even new to the idea of church. And so y'all are still trying to figure out like what it means to come, you know, regularly to a gathering, much less to now, okay, we're moving the gathering army. You know, you're still, you're, we're a young church. Um, uh, we're still um, being supported financially by people outside the church. And so we're still in a place where we're trying to teach the people that are part of our community the joy of giving. And some of you have been attending and have not begun regularly giving, and uh, we want to teach you to do that. So those are some challenges that we face. Um, and probably of all of these, the greatest challenge is communication and being clear on communication. Now, I've tended through the years because um, I, I, I kind of got to get ahead of myself uh, to, to think I've communicated something and maybe not communicated. And it means something that doesn't come out in the right way. And so uh, I am guilty of that. Maybe there are others of you that, um, that, that are like that and can empathize. Um, so I want to, as your pastor, in this unique kind of setting, uh, just to, to, in a spirit of communication, tell you why we're moving into the neighborhood. Now, if you're a guest, and we have a few guests here, uh, you might be thinking, well, this is a different kind of a Sunday. Uh, do they use the Bible? Yeah, we use the Bible. I teach through it every week. Um, and, uh, and, and so you're getting to look in on uh, kind of the heartbeat of who we are as a church. And, and I believe that that, um, you know, when we started the church, we had a whole lot of church people. Um, and, and about half of those people have left. And since then, about half of the people that are part of our congregation are kind of are new to the church, new to the idea of church. And so in a lot of ways, the group that we have now is a completely different church than we had when we started three years ago. Now listen to me carefully. Um, I'm going to tell you why we're going to move, but really what I want you to understand is we are about to plant the church. You say, why? Well, I thought we started three years ago. Well, three years has been, we, we met for three months in pre-launch phase. The next three years was pre-launch, pre-phase. <laughs> now we're in launch phase. We're about to plant a church in the near time neighborhood, which I cannot even tell you how excited I am and sort of humbled by this opportunity. So this is an invitation for you to be a part of it. So a few things. Um, just to, to declare, you know, it has been our goal since the beginning, since this idea even uh, began to be shared about what it might look like to plant a church, to be about church planting in the neighborhoods in and around downtown. So we have chosen to go about this work in two ways. First of all, we're going to plant churches. This is why uh, I moved into the city. It's, not, it's why we began talking about planting a church after I moved into the city and the people started becoming Christians and they needed a pastor, so I chose, hey, well, I'm going to be their pastor and this is a church plant. And it's been a part of our conversation from the very beginning. We want to plant churches. I believe, with everything in me, that we can do more, uh, see more kingdom work by planting churches than any other kind of work. Okay, Multiplication is who we are as a church. And it's why we invest in things that, that um, increase the work of God in the kingdom, in the city, that might not reflect necessarily the people in the seats in here. It's why we have this residency where we train up guys and send them out. We want to be about planting churches and starting new churches. We believe that new churches are the greatest way to see people come to Christ 
uh, and their lives change, which is what we want to be about. Not only that, uh, in, in an effort to support the work of church planting, we are about supporting other church planters. You know, this week, I had three calls from other guys planting churches inside the loop asking to borrow our baptism. You know, we have this horse trough baptism. Um, nobody likes to hear that it's called a horse trough, but it really is. That's what it is. Um, but we baptize in this thing. Well, the word has gotten out that we're about supporting other church plants. So these guys look to us as a resource. Three guys call me. We only have one. And so um, I, I committed it to, to Sergio, who's in Northside Village, just north of here, uh, ministering in, the, in, a, in a very rough part of the city. And so I thought to myself, well, it's a shame that we don't have more baptisms. So I called somebody that I thought I could maybe cast a little bit of vision with. And I said to them, I said, hey, I've got three guys that want to baptize people here on the same Sunday coming up. And uh, would you want to be a part of it? So they said, sure. So tomorrow I'm going to, no, tomorrow somebody on the staff is going to go to the tractor supply and pick up another baptism that's going to be paid by somebody else and stored at our office for things like this. Now, will this have any bearing on how many people come to this room? No, it is okay with me. Because it's about a larger, something bigger. We want to be about supporting other planters. We actually, part of the money that we give on a regular basis goes to support financially some of the churches that are around us that are ministering in areas where, where even if they reach a lot of people, they have no money at all and they need work for their churches. So it has been our goal from the beginning to support the work of church planting in and around downtown in neighborhoods. Now, downtown is not a neighborhood. I know it's hard to maybe believe, but it's not a neighborhood. It's really, really not. It's, it's downtown, and we're trying to, as a city, make this more of a neighborhood, but it's not one. Now, also, it has been our desire since the beginning to gather in the near-town neighborhoods specifically. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with kind of what the way that the city is, near-town is directly west of here, and, and there's a few reasons why we, we want to have our main kind of campus there. First of all, it is the residential center of the city. In Houston, the center is near town. And at near town and midtown, they meet at basically Taft Street. Okay? So it's the residential center of the city. It is the belly of the beast. Prior to knowing that I was going to plant a church, one of my mentors and coaches said to me, find a hard place, plant the gospel there, and if it works, you'll know God's all in it. <laughs> this is what we're doing. We found a hard place. It's the belly of the beast, the center of the city. This is the area of the city with the greatest need for gospel proclamation. This is true. This is the area of the city with the greatest need for the gospel proclamation. There are more people packed in a smaller area. There are fewer churches. And the churches, most of them that exist, are not preaching the gospel. And the gospel is God is holy. We are not. God is restoring through Jesus Christ. If you repent of your sin, place your faith in Jesus Christ, you will have new life. That gospel, that good news that's made available to everybody, the rich, poor, the black, the white, everybody. There are very few churches in the residential center of the city that are preaching that gospel. Um, this is an area of the city where Carnal living converges like no other place in the city. I tell people the difference between the suburbs and the herbs. <laughs> the suburban area and the urban area is that, I mean, sin is everywhere. Brokenness is everywhere. Need is everywhere. But in the urban areas of the city, sin is flaunted. It's on the exterior. People, it's, it's abnormal to hide your sin. In fact, it's kind of 
accepted and applauded when you promote your sin and who you are. I learned this week um, that uh, this area, Neartown area, it has the best drugs in the city. The best drugs in the city are in our neighborhood. There's a lot of broken people living in that area for those drugs that are in need of Savior. Also, what is unique about this area of the city is that the extremely poor are close neighbors with the extremely rich. The extremely poor are close neighbors with the extremely rich in this area of the city. This is not true everywhere. I used to live down in Sagemont, and all the houses cost about the same. Most people's income was about the same within the same range. That's not true. In this area of the city, the residential center of the city, you have million-dollar homes next to apartment complexes where there are multiple families living in them, and, uh, and, and they're just trying to get money for their daily bread. I mean, I came face-to-face with this this week Whenever I found out that there was a boy at my children's school whose dad was killed riding his bike from work late at night, and the teacher came to my wife, which I think this is a wonderful affirmation of our church, the presence of our church in the community. The teacher came to my wife and says, I know your church cares about people. And uh, I want you to know that this little boy and his family, they are poor. This dad is working on three jobs. They have no money. The kids are, are doing well in school. They have nothing. Well, this kid walks through the halls next to other children whose parents make millions of dollars a year. That's not an exaggeration. This is the kind of area that we're planting in. And frankly, when you come to places where the extremely poor are living next to the extremely rich, this is a wonderful place to see God advance the kingdom and God's spirit work to introduce people to Jesus who is available to the poor and to the rich. So this is this is why we're moving into this area. And, and then another reason that we're moving into this area, this particular neighborhood, is, and this one is enough, really, frankly, um, is because we have a sense of calling to it. People say, why are you moving over there? And I can give you a few reasons kind of logically based on numbers and data and, and information, but really what I think it boils down to is we have a sense of calling to it. That's why we named our church Near Town Church. And so because God's calling us to go there, uh, we're going to do it. So we are moving into the neighborhood to see God use us in this work, this mission of inviting busy people to experience a peace of life with Jesus Christ. Now, we have chosen to go to Gregory Lincoln Education Center, which is at the corner of Taft and West Dallas. Uh, you know, I misspoke. I said we have chosen it. A better way for us to begin thinking about it is that God has chosen it for us. This is a gift to us to be able to meet there. This week I was at the school with some of the leaders. In fact, Jay, who's a part of the setup team, was there with me. And we were there with some consultants that are helping us to figure out how to use the building to make it a church. And uh, I'm sitting with Jay on the bench in the hall, and I begin to just say to him, I said, Jay, do you realize how awesome it is that we are in the center, the fourth largest city of the United States, planning how we will use a building owned by the city in such a way that people can hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. 
This is a gift. This is a gift to us. And it doesn't happen easily. God has chosen this for us. And, uh, you know, we're going to get to work through the leadership of the school to serve these 632 beautiful children that attend that school. Um, and each time I go to the school, I'm amazed at the kids because the number of them are smiling. It's just overwhelming. They're very friendly. And uh, these children have challenges. This school is not like the school my children attend where you have a lot of rich people and a lot and some poor people. This school has a lot of people that are challenged financially, challenged economically. In fact, 20% of the kids that attend this school, uh, so 20% of 632 is what, 120 kid, kids live at the Salvation Army. They're homeless. Many of the other ones live in the part of what used to be called Bradenstown or Fourth Ward that's broken and busted up. Another big part of them live in the housing apartment kind of projects, which is across west on the north side of West Dallas, tucked back in the neighborhood between Allen Parkway, Parkway and West Dallas. So there are some real needs there. Um, this is a gift to us. It's a gift of God that we get to, to support the leadership of the school as they serve these children. That is a gift to us. And that's the approach we're taking. We're going to the leadership of the school and we've asked, what is your vision for this school? The principal and I had this conversation multiple times and there's a, several things that he said. One of the things that he has said is his vision for the school is to support the teachers. And, and so you guys having heard that, some of you, you've already stepped up. In fact, our church, this is an affirmation and of kind of the heartbeat of the church. Our church has already done something, provided goodie bags to the 70 faculty that are at that school. It's a simple goodie bag, like a Starbucks gift card, maybe and a, a little thing of lotion for the ladies, and a little card saying, we appreciate you. That was huge to those teachers. It was a huge blessing to them. And what we are able to do through the leadership is support, is support the uh, teachers. Also, what the principal has said that they, as, as a part of this vision, is to is to give these kids um, greater opportunity in these uh, areas of fine arts. You know what I mean by fine arts? Music, dance, um, art, you know, other other areas of fine arts, which I can't think of right now. Um, I want to say computer, but I'm not sure that's an area of fine art. Um, so, uh, so that's a pretty awesome thing, right? Sure, we want these kids to have an opportunity um, in, in these areas. And so um, we're not wasting any time to help them in that way. In fact, uh, two weeks ago, Andrew and I went in on behalf of the leaders of this congregation, and some of you, many of you, and we just said we want to, we want to soon help you in this area of, of supporting fine arts. And one of their problems is is that they, their audio and visual for their school is terrible. I mean, they have nothing. I mean, nothing. One time I went to a community meeting I was invited to go to at that school, and uh, and they had the choir singing, and they had, for their music, they had the choir teacher holding a microphone up next to an old boom box with these real crummy speakers on the side. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, here's 30 kids that worked hard, and the sound is terrible. That's an easy one for us. So we went to them two weeks ago, and we just basically said, hey, as we're thinking about coming into your facility, would you let us give you 
the best of our sound system and lighting so that you can use it during the week to serve your kids. You say, what? Yeah, yeah, and, and if for some reason we leave in a month after we come, it's yours. It's a gift to your school. Because we believe that God has given us a great opportunity to support you as the principal and your vision for the school in the area of fine arts. And of course he said, uh, yeah, I think we can work that out. <laughs> this is a wonderful opportunity for us. And we're going to go, we're going to bless them, and we're going to love on these, uh, their faculty and on these kids. This is, this is a gift to us. This is a, this is a wonderful opportunity. And, and not to mention, Gregory Lincoln, the location is good. The location is great. You know, it's, it's in between West Dallas and, and, uh, and uh, West Gray. And uh, many of you are in business, and you would understand this about business. Um, that location matters. We believe that that location is great because of all of the new high-rises that are going up on Gray in West Dallas. And every single day, this is not an exaggeration, thousands of people drive right by that school on either side to get to work. And we thought, you know, this is an opportunity for us to say, hey, we have a place right here. Rest for the weary, peace for the city. Right here. It's available to you for as God is beginning to work in people's heart and create interest in them about spiritual things. It's an opportunity for us. So the location is fantastic. We have a few new people in our church. It's funny because they live really within walking distance of that building. And so that's a real selling point for those people. Like you won't even have to get in your car. You can walk there, which is something that people want. Now for those of you that live in Pearland, um, you can walk there. It'll just take you longer, you know? <laughs> Um, so, so I want you to understand why we're moving there. It's an opportunity for us. We have a sense of calling there. The location is fantastic. And uh, the YMCA has been good. It's been a good starting place for us. Uh, their staff and personnel have been fantastic. Um, but again, this is not a neighborhood. And we want to find neighborhood churches. That's what we have a sense of calling to. Um, and so, um, and so that's, what, that's what we're going to do. We're going to leave the YMCA well whenever that, that comes. And we're going to bless them and continue our partnership with um, them. Um, the facility itself is going to be better. It's a better place to serve kids, and it even provides some opportunity for us if we want to do some like small group kinds of things around the worship service on Sunday morning, or even multiple Sunday morning worship services. There's some opportunity there. So, so this is why we're going. Does that make sense? And, and we are going to go. Sometime this summer. And, uh, and we want to be fully prepared. You know, I, I don't want to rush things in getting there, but I do know this, that for us to get there, we have to know it's sorted out who's in and who's out. And this is a funny thing. If you think about this church three years old, like we think about attending most churches, because if you just attended any kind of established church in the city this morning, they're not having this kind of a conversation with the congregation, I promise you. But what I'm going to ask you is to think about, are you in or are you out? We need to know. I would rather have 50 people saying, we're in, let's do this, than 100 people that might be in. We're going to move forward believing God is sending us there. You know, and I'm honest, I'll be honest with you, I felt a lot of kind of pressure to make a good move strategically. And, uh, and as the leader, I know that, that this, will, this, is, this is going to require some 
some energy and some leadership, um, um, you know, horsepower. And, uh, and God just has given me a piece and said, you know what, this is his church. He's planting it. He's doing it. He's bringing people to it. And he wants us to move there. And so we're going to move. We're going to do it. And it is going to be awesome. I hope you're excited because I am. So so just a few things uh, I, want, I want to ask for your commitment. All right? So this is where we're going today. I am going to ask for your commitment today. Some of you that are ready to commit. Um, first of all, uh, I want you to commit to the Lord first. Commit yourself to the Lord first. Just in your heart, you, you must say to God, God, I hear us. What do you want? Here I am. Send me. And you might be thinking in your mind about the logistics or the change or the the possibility or the reasons that you should go or the reasons that you shouldn't go or what might happen, what might ha- not happen. And all of that stuff is important to think about and we're thinking about it. But first and foremost, what I know is this. I want to lead a church with people who will say, yes, Lord, what do you want from us? Because that's the first thing. That's a kingdom kind of a position. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says a sincere or everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We must believe that. We must commit ourselves to believing that. That's the gospel we preach. So that's the first thing is to commit ourselves to the Lord. And then uh, the next thing I'm going to ask you to commit something to other people in the church. Commit yourself in this way. Two words. To give and to go. To give and to go. And I will not apologize if this comes across intense because I think it's good and it best serves the church if we say, hey, this is intense. This is serious. This is important. First of all, I want to ask you to commit to giving to make this a reality. Um, the, the move to the new location is going to cost somewhere in the neighborhood of $75,000. You say, well, that sounds like a lot of money. Well, that's actually not a lot of money as far as these kinds of things go. Uh, this includes the necessary equipment for our kids' areas. And you have to think about the fact that we show up every single Sunday, 30 kids are downstairs. We use all of their stuff. We have nothing of our own other than like paper materials downstairs. So we have to buy all of that, chairs, tables, all of that kind of thing um, to, to go. We need sound and lights. It's going to cost some money to install it as a gift to them. Um, in sound and life, you can spend a lot of money really, really quickly. What we have here, uh, we will take and use, but what we have here, frankly, is is like bare bones. I mean, bare bones to the kind of experience that we're going to provide in worship there. Um, there's, there's things like coffee service equipment. And by the way, this is certainly no offense to those that make a coffee every week. They're just doing the best they can for what we got. Our coffee stinks. <laughs> I made the mistake last week of drinking a cup, and I thought to myself, we will invest some money in a better coffee service in the new space. Uh, if that's not like gospel conversation, I don't know what it is. You know what um, can I get a witness? Yeah, you may. Um, so some new coffee, you know, that, that whole deal. Uh, signage, it costs money for signs to let people know where we are. We're going to go put signs on Gray and on Dallas and around the building. We're actually going to do some signs um, on some billboards of Washington and then also on Westheimer, just raising the awareness that we exist. 
Okay, it's not going to be like a cheesy church time. Like, well, there's my head, you know. Like, God is looking for somebody to flow his wealth through. 
And it's an opportunity for you to experience God's blessing like never before. As I mentioned, Gene and I are going to be doing the same thing that I'm challenging you all to do. We are going to sign this card that says I'm going to give and I'm going to go. We are going to commit to it. I'm not commanding you to give. I'm inviting you to the joy of radical generosity. The first thing is give. Second thing is go. I just frankly need to know who's going to go with us. We have people that have committed to mission partnership with our church that never show up. And that we're in a place not to make light of those people. We've pursued them and will continue to do so. But we need to know who's in. Who's with us? Who's on the team? Um, as I would think about a mission and, and going on a mission, we, we want to know who's going with us and then how are we going to provide the materials needed for that mission. This is where we're at. It's like, who's with us? And so some of you may be leaning out. I want to challenge you to lean in. Lean in. And I know it's particularly hard for those of you that have to drive a long way to come to church. And I want you to know, I think every single week, and pray every single week, that you feel it's part, a part of this mission like the person that lives next door to this campus or to the campus. Because you are important. You're important in the life of this church. And I know it's difficult for you sometimes to get here. And I know the drive can seem taxing, at least in your mind. But let me tell you something. You're a part of something here that isn't very many places. I'm just going to be honest with you. You could find another church, go sit in, listen to worship service, and go home. And that would probably be about what they expected of you. But here, you get to be a part of something where somebody looks at you and goes, I'm relying on you, you're relying on me. I need to know who's in. We need to be able to look at one another and depend upon one another like my hand depends upon my foot and my knee depends upon my elbow. This is one body. We need to be able to depend on one another and see one another as a part of that kind of a thing. We will move forward together. This is an opportunity for us to say, okay, who is in and who's out there? Don't hear me being unloving, please, because I don't, in my heart, feel unloving. I just know this. If I'm going to battle, I want to know who's with me. Not everybody has to know how to wield the sword, but at least everybody has to be willing to say, I'm willing to try. Did you hear Romans 10, whatever, Katie read it earlier? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him on whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? You are preachers, not just me. Proclaimers, people who herald the good news. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Here is what I'm charging our church with and I'm leading you to do is to commit to giving and to going so that we can bring good news to Jesus Christ to this community in a way that God wants us to.